You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them and that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome into another episode of the Grindy Crime Podcast with your hosts, Maddie Matt and Todd Fox. And today we will be without Gabby Gab. She's dealing with a serious case of vertigo. So please uh, send a comment and wish her a, a speedy recovery. Uh, so right now it's just going to be me and Todd tonight, Maddie Matt and Todd Fox. And today narrating will be Todd Fox. Exactly. Uh, but before we get into this uh, episode tonight, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podbine. And also, if you want to follow us on our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and our newly YouTube page, just type in Grinding True Crimes, and there you can follow us, uh, leave us a comment, subscribe to us, and send us a like. And even if it's a negative comment, you can send that too. We appreciate it all. <laughs> and for those listening to us outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, uh, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Um, if you uh, like what you hear and you want to uh, leave a cash app donation to help us uh, um, upgrade our studio and uh, provide uh, access to certain uh, other materials that we're planning on doing this year, you can always leave a donation on uh, PayPal. Just type in at Grinding True Crimes or you can leave a donation on Cash App. Uh, that is uh, uh, dollar sign grinding true crimes. Listeners' discretion is advised. We do get into details that can be graphic and not suitable for a certain uh, audience, uh, you know, younger audience. So, listeners' discretion is advised. And that's it. Oh, yeah. One more announcement. We are going to go back doing lives once again. Uh, we've been a little busy. We were supposed to kick off another this episode a couple of days ago, uh, but because of the circumstances and uh, Gabby not being well, had to rush her to the hospital, um, we had to push it back. But, you know, the show must go on, and we wish uh, Gabby a speedy recovery. Okay. Did I leave anything else, Todd Fox? No, I think that's it. But, yes, indeed, we hope uh, the shout-out to Gabby that she's uh, she gets on her feet literally and is not uh, spinning around with the vertigo. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad this weekend. I had to carry her everywhere. So, but yeah, once again, if you guys want to leave a comment, give uh, Gabby Gap a speedy recovery. And, Absolutely. Uh, get well soon. Comment. We should have another episode out this weekend, too. So, just to try to catch up a little bit. Absolutely. And we're planning on trying to go live this, not this Sunday, but the, um, the following Sunday, January 28th. We will be going live. Uh, we'll announce the time for our next episode. We'll We'll announce it. We'll get together, put our heads together, and give a, a suitable time that benefits uh, everyone, even outside of the country. So we want to make sure that we have a, enough time so everyone can join in and, and listen in to us live. So we'll make that announcement our, on our next episode. Exactly. All right. With that all being said, Todd Fox, you got the floor tonight, brother. Kick off your story for us, sir. All right, sir. Well, let's get started. It is uh, two murders. On, uh, you know, because reality TV can be uh, realistic at the time. And it's also, 
uh, always criticized for being a little scripted. So mm. there's there's a little of both, and we'll get into it. But we're going to have two stories tonight and one. So hopefully okay. you guys can catch up here. Um, <clears throat> these have to do with one of them is a reality show, and one is, depending on what you call it, like a talk show, if you want to call it reality or not. Um, well, we're, the first one, we're going to talk about a talk show. Yes. And uh, we're going to go back into the 1990s, especially the uh, the mid-90s. But uh, let's talk about what was going on at the time in America. 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 Um, yeah. In the late 80s, uh, talk shows, daytime television took off, if, if you lived here in the country of the U.S. Maybe around the world, too, in different variations. But, you know, daytime talk shows were all the rage. Um, you had Oprah. You had Donahue. Uh, Geraldo oh, Rivera. Uh, just to name the the three bigs in the late 80s that were always into stuff. And uh, they'd have breaking interviews. They'd have uh, political leaders. Um, you'd have, uh, you know, celebrities. And, um, you know, it was it was more, you know, more PC at the time. But then you'd, you'd start to get in the late 80s towards the early 90s. Uh-huh. You had uh, Oprah and doing more, you know, racial things uh, when the tensions were kind of high back then. I mean, they're high now, but not as high as back then. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you had uh, Donahue doing controversial things. Then you had Geraldo, who was openly inviting KKK members on stage with black men. And uh, <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I'm saying I remember those episodes and stuff like that. It was very... Uh... Risque, not risque, but it was very uh, different in that time, especially in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. And, and in 1988, to be specific, Geraldo, he did that. And that's what launched, that's what changed the game, basically. <clears throat> what what he did was he, like like I said, he brought three uh, some members of the KKK on. And he brought some black men on to go face-to-face and literally talk their game back and forth. And you had an audience that was already torn. And already trying, you know, either upset with the message of the KKK or, mm-hmm. or just upset the fact that this was going on. Because a lot of these shows, when you when you go, you're not told what it's about. So you're kind of shocked and surprised when you go on these talk shows. You know, you don't know who the guests are going to be. You don't know what the show topic's going to be. So you have a wide variety in the audience now are, that are pissed because they're there seeing something that probably scares them, probably pisses mm-hmm. them off. And also angers him to a point where they want to have some violence. But that one day in 1988, live on television, Geraldo and the audience, it took one punch. And all of a sudden, you saw chairs flying from the audience. The audience jumped the stage. The The guys were going back and forth. Geraldo got hit live with a chair right to the face, broke his nose on live television. Are you sure it wasn't WWF? Oh, no. You can Google this or you can YouTube it. You can see it. And uh, that led to his, that actually kicked off his career because then he was, you know, deemed as a badass, you know what I mean? Like, so, so he got a lot of clout from that. Um, mm. But it was a huge mess for daytime television. And um, <clears throat> there was a lot of lawsuits, a lot of stuff going on. So Oprah, who was, you know, she, she had some wild guests too, but nothing like that. She began to temper her show down. So she took the uh, she she went the normal route of oh, okay I'm gonna get big stars I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that, but I'm not gonna make it racial tension I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna make it to where it's gonna turn into something chaotic. Mm. So whereas you saw talk shows like hers and Donahue's kind of mellow out a little bit, you saw Jerry Springer the birth of him, but Jerry Springer and a few others 
did it smart. They did it. They hired some actors, mainly Jerry Springer. Most most people thought in the '90s, oh my God, they're finding the trailer park people of America and and you know, <laughs> the most twisted people. But most of those people were actors. It was very rare when they had real guests. Um, so with that being said, um, the talk shows were were taken off, and you couldn't you couldn't go. And I remember when I'd take a day off of school, you know, or fake being sick or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd stay home, and you know. After, you know, the news or, or whatever cartoons in the morning, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, from 10 o'clock till, till 4 or 5 in the afternoon, it was all daytime talk shows. You had Montel Williams, Jenny Jones, Ricky, Ricky Lake. Lake. Yeah, dude. I mean, it was one after a freaking another. Uh, Jerry Springer wouldn't come on till late at night. And I would, I would, uh, my mom would make sure I didn't see that. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you had Maury Povich and you are not the father, you know pretty much that's all his shows are yeah so so jenny jones she started out really mellow she started out like really you know she, she was an old, like older white woman kind of pretty i think out of chicago they did her show and uh you know she did the recipe stuff and you know like the daytime stuff and, and trying to reach out to the mothers now that didn't work her ratings were slipping so what she decided to do was do three main platforms she needed to she needed to up her game a little bit so she went uh, as far as going from uh, from you know wholesome stuff to rebellious teens you know where the teens would lash out cuss their parents out in front of a live studio audience and then you know they they'd have a boot camp guy come out there and be like you're all going to boot camp and they show like the results whether they do good or not mm-hmm. um, secret crushes um, you had a uh, you know pregnancy tests and stuff like that on her show so she ramped it up a bit so that's the brief history. I just want to give you an idea of, of those that lived it here in the U.S. and then also those hearing it for the first time. You can probably Google all those people's names and find a whole lot of cra- crazy stuff. But I actually looked up the Geraldo uh, Rivera uh, on YouTube, and sure enough. You saw it? Yeah, it's right there, I man. See it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. His big old broken nose. For those who don't know, for those who don't know it's G-E-R-A-L-D-O. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if you didn't know that past history of his because he's been on cnn or fox i think forever so oh, yeah. i think it's fox um yeah he his nose is the way it is because of that <laughs> he took, that was pretty funny and, and it's at the, <clears throat> and it actually was broken I, I looked it up right now they they really broke it live on tv yeah that chair came out of nowhere it was like thrown from like 30 feet away and it nailed him right in the face dude it was great hey, dude you said it was great yeah it was great man it was that awesome. man suffered a broken nose but man if anyone's ever profited from a broken nose he has man so i'm pretty oh, sure he'll, i'm pretty sure if i made the kind of money he did after that i'd say you could break my nose over and over and over if you want man <laughs> keep keep uh sending me them checks i agree yeah so that'll fast forward us to the year 1995 when everyone's wearing teal color for whatever reason. Remember, mm-hmm. teal was just the rage. Teal was very popular back then. Yep, and 90210 was popular, and then listening to rap and and uh, and grunge on the radio or watching it on uh, MTV was uh, was the rage, man. It was it was awesome? But uh, love the 90s. Yes, sir. Um, Jonathan Smith is who we're going to talk about tonight. Um, he was born July 18th, 1970. Um, at the time of the show, he was 25 years old. Okay. Uh, his friends had um, had uh, seen an advertisement on the Jenny Jones show. 
and uh, you know about the secret admirer. If you know somebody that knows some that that has a secret admirer, and you'd like to reveal it to them, or you yourself would like to reveal yourself as a secret admirer on the Jenny Jones Show, call this number, and the producers would talk to you. So that's basically how it worked. Okay. And um, so the so the um, two friends of his um, decided that'd be a great idea. And uh, so his friends, uh, they were living not too far from him. He was out of Pennsylvania. They were out of, uh, you know, but he moved to Michigan. So they were all three of them at the time were living in Oak, Oakland County, Michigan. And um, they, decide, they decided to tell him that, hey, you know, we got uh, the, this offer to be on Jenny Jones. And uh, he's like, for what? He's like, oh, it's a surprise. You know, we're going to go out there and, and um, talk about it or whatever. And then uh, you're going to come on stage. Okay. So he was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to be on TV. So we fast forward now to March 6, 1995. The trio of friends made it to the studio. And as of, you know, the Jenny Jones show, they would pre- pretty much tape a bunch of shows one month then edit them out the next month and then the month after that then they would premiere them on television so this was not live but they had a live studio audience basically all right so it was all pre-recorded shows okay so i have audio here which i want to play from the show this was, yeah this was never released on television but this is jenny jones explaining and talking to Jim smith is a guy um who is who is going to come out and get surprised but it's okay. it's his friend that's going to be uh <laughs> no jonathan's the one jonathan's the one that's going to get surprised so let me just back up so jonathan's going to be the one that's going to come out there and uh be blindsided by scott and donna who are, who are already on on stage but before he comes out this is what jenny jones has to say that's so um, he's got a cute little hard body um, you know, when you just want to pick up and put your hero cabinet, you know, dust him off once in a while. So that's Scott talking about wanting to pick him up and dust him off and, you know, do, do some things with him. Whoa. And then, so here we, here we go, some more audio. You want, you want to physically pick him up? Oh, he's just a tiny little cute thing. He's gorgeous. <laughs> well, all right, let's see if he really is. Take a get the headphones off of John and let's have John come out here and see who has the crush on him. Here's John. So here comes John. John Smith. Yeah, he's hugging Donna, the friend, and then he sees Scott, and he's like kind of surprised that they're both out there. Uh-huh. And the crowd's loving it because they know the secret, but Jonathan doesn't. Did you think Donna had the crush on you? Did I? No, we're good friends. Well, guess what? It's Scott that has the crush on you. You lied to me. <laughs> I mean, he's confronted with this horrible situation on national television. You can see when you watch him. His hands go to his face in, in humiliation and embarrassment. Um, and Jenny Jones exploits that and keeps twisting the knife and twisting the knife. Uh, mm. Take a look at it. We'll show a little playback of what uh, Scott said about you, uh, John. Take a look at that oh, monitor right here. Down there. Well, it, it entails like whipped cream and champagne, stuff like that. Scott was pretty open, but he's been fantasizing about you since he saw you under that car for the first time. He had an under-the-car fantasy, and he had a hammock fantasy he's been telling us about. Did you have any idea that he liked you this much? Um, no, 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 <laughs> Can you tell us what your status is? Are you involved with anybody? Or? Um, no, but I am uh, definitely a heterosexual, I guess you could say. Okay, so 
right there, if you heard, the guy, I mean, this. there's clips that I cut out where, you know, he's actually, you know, talking about two different fantasies about having, you know, relations with Scott. And, oh, wow. Or, or Scott's having relations with Jonathan. So the crowd's eating it up, but, you know, he says, no, I'm very heterosexual. But you, you can look in his face and see how uncomfortable he is because he's been blindsided. There's like 200 people in the audience, man. And he's, you know, he's, this is going to, he, in his mind, is going to live television or, or, or it's going to national television. Mm. So how would you feel if you were blindsided by that? Not that there's anything wrong. I'm not going in a route, but think about it, though. This is 1995. It's not as open and to be cool and to be gay at that moment. You know, maybe in 2021, everyone just brushes it off their their shoulder or whatever because people are bisexual they're into all kinds of different weird sexual things publicly it doesn't matter anymore but 1995 it was more tight-lipped imagine his kind of like i mean how would you feel in this moment i'm not gonna lie bro um if that was me going on national television uh and and uh a friend of mine a guy friend tells me that he has a crush on me I'm not gonna lie, being heterosexual myself, I would feel embarrassed and I would feel like, dang, everyone's gonna think that, you know, I'm, you know, homosexual or whatever it may be. And at that time, like you said, it wasn't as open as it was. And a lot of people used to get ridiculed for being homosexual. So I probably would have felt like, dang, like, why'd you do this? Mm -hmm. You know? And the crowd was like standing and applauding. If you watch talk shows back then, they wanted to see, you know, a nice moment. And so when it ended, when that segment ended, and I get what you're saying, um, you know, Jonathan and, and uh, Scott stood up and they gave each other a hug and the crowd was cheering. And, and you know, they, and then uh, Jenny Jones said, so you guys are going to remain friends. He goes, oh, yeah, this does nothing for our friendship like that. It's not going to hurt us. It's OK to have a crush. And they, everyone just laughed it off. Right. Yeah. And so it went to commercial and that was it. <clears throat> so now after that show, the, what they did is they record two to three shows a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has several guests or whatever. And so they have a after party for the show. And they what they did was they invited everybody to come out and to go to the bar to this restaurant. And they all wined and dined everybody. Mm-hmm. So from that night, the cast and crew were saying that you know they when they noticed Jonathan and Scott they were sitting kind of close to each other but just talking and it seemed like they were having a good time a uh, few people thought maybe there was some chemistry there afterwards or that they're um that they were just having a good time as friends and sort of laughing off and enjoying the fact that they were having a free meal some free drinks the experience of coming to Chicago the recording stuff like that so nobody Nobody had any ill will that, you know, there was anything wrong at that particular time. So we now we have a date, my friend. Uh Oh, yeah. You know what happens when we have a date on this show? Yeah, exactly. Not good things. Not good things. No, Uh, we fast forward to March 9th, 1995. So that's only three days later. Three days later. Three days later. Dang. Now, the three are back in Michigan. Okay. okay. Jonathan came home from work. And what do you think he found on his door? Probably some uh, gay slurs or inappropriate slurs that, you know, was uh, thrown to him by his coworkers. 
Okay, keep in mind the show has the show hasn't been uh well has never been Oh seen. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. So I'm going to say it was probably uh some chocolate, a flower, and some love uh love note by uh Scott. Dude, very close. Oh, but, uh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> very close. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, he he um again no one had seen the video yet, so he kinda knew it had to have been him. But when he came home, he found a letter. And when he opened the letter, it started out very lovey-dovey. A lot of expressions of, of uh, passion towards Scott from, um, or, or towards Jonathan from Scott. I keep mixing the two up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he would have stopped there, who knows what would have happened. But towards the end of the letter, the letter got more and more explicit. Meaning he was talking about things he wanted to do to him, things he, things he was feeling, and, and just very, very explicit content, right? So Jonathan did not like this, and I think this pushed Jonathan over the edge. Oh, man. Yeah. He drove to a local ATM and pulled out $300. Okay. Then he made his way over to Scott's house. Jonathan then pulled up to Scott's house and uh, showed up on his front door and he had the letter with him and he said, did you write this letter? Sort of just like, I can't believe you did this. You know, like, I just got to confirm this was you. And uh, Scott said, yes, it was me. Would you like to come in? And he goes, okay, um, let me get something from my car real quick. So Scott actually believed that he was going to, you know, that he was going to reciprocate some of his feelings and that maybe that letter actually paid off. So Scott's standing in his doorway with a smile on his face because he's going to come in the house. Jonathan agreed to come in the house after seeing such a crazy letter. Okay. Now, there was one other stop that he made after the withdrawal from the bank. Let me guess. He stopped and gave him a gun. You are correct, sir. Circle gets the square. He got a 20 uh, or he got a a shotgun, buckshot shotgun. So like one of those. 12 gates. I don't know if it was 12 or it was 20. I I, I forgot in when in the uh, in the article. Um, But he pulled it out. Let's just say it was a 12 gauge. Oh, it is the same. Okay. No, let's just say it was a 12 gauge. Okay. Let's just say it was a 12 gauge, but it, it was a buckshot one. So. Okay. Yeah, so those those if you don't know those do a lot of damage, especially at close range. Mm-hmm. And he had the gun behind his back, and somehow, some way, as he walked back up the driveway, Scott didn't see it, and so it was behind him or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. when uh, Jonathan was like, "All right, let's go in," Scott, you know, was like was still facing him, and was about to turn around when Jonathan pulled the shotgun out, pointed it from about five to eight feet away straight at his chest and he fired two shots and buckshot that close you're going to hit 100% of your target most of the time oh easily yeah and and the the from the casings the explosion of the shrapnel pellets Mm -hmm. and other things in those little buckshot Mm -hmm. hit him square in the chest and stomach the second shot hitting him in the stomach. Um, it pretty much killed him before he hit the ground. 
it, it shredded his on the autopsy. It shredded his uh, organs and uh, blew apart his heart. So, so his <laughs> his intestines, his you know liver, all that stuff was just shredded. So, um, damn, yeah. To the horror of onlookers, people saw him just calmly put the gun back to on his side of his you know his uh, leg or whatever walk it back to the car, put it back in the trunk, get back in his car and just drive off. Um, he drove home and he got to his house and he called 911 and confessed. Now you can go on um, on a, um, YouTube and find the 911 call. I didn't want to play it. It's kind of low quality, um, lower quality than the Jenny Jones show. <laughs> um, but he's very, very calm and just says, I think I murdered somebody. And uh, so... The police get down there. You think? Yeah. Well, they know now. Um, They arrested him. And so while he's, you know, he finally goes to court. And uh, his attorneys argued that he was manic depressant. And that he had a gay panic because of the severity of the pressure of and the reveal on national TV against his knowledge. So that was his defense. Okay. I mean... I wouldn't murder the guy, but I can understand why they use that as their defense. I can understand. I I mean, still not cool to murder the guy. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like, I mean, even back then you had the whole thing of, like, I think back then you were actually starting to see people, you know, they're still getting gay bashed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm, I don't know why Scott decided. I mean, look, I'm not advocating that at all. But, I mean, at the time in 90, 1995, you would much rather him throw a punch maybe out of disgust yeah. or upset, being upset. Or not even that, just ignoring him and telling him, hey, man, like, we can't be friends anymore. This is too uncomfortable. Stay out of my life, you know. You have every right to do that. Being physical, I mean, if, if the, the max, you know, would have been acceptable to me in a way, still gets prosecuted in my mind. But if he throws a punch and hits him, okay, fine he made a point, but you know, if Scott wants to press charges, at least Scott can press charges while he's alive. Yeah. This dude had no chance. He was blown away. I agree. But my thing is this, you know, they had that conversation in the after uh, party, after the mm-hmm. show, more than likely, uh, Jonathan told Scott, Hey, look, you know, I appreciate you having the courage to tell me that you have a crush, but I don't, I don't view you that way. You know, we can still be friends, blah, blah, blah. It seemed like they had a respectable, respectable conversation, and it should have ended that way. Um, I'm not advocating anything, but I, like I said, I can understand why he probably felt depressed of, you know, especially uh, knowing that it might be exposed on national television that another man has a crush on you, you know. But I'm, a, I agree with you, you know, punch the guy. You know, if it, if it got to that point, because clearly he didn't respect your wishes. Yeah. Because I'm sure I'm sure Jonathan told him, like, hey, I'm heterosexual, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yet he was still pushing it and which was probably not a good thing for Scott to do if they ended it on good terms, you know, and respectfully uh, ended it right there and let him know, like, hey, you know, this is not how I view you, but we can still be friends. Scott should have respected that. He not av- I'm not advocating he deserved what he got at all. He shouldn't have been killed. But 
you know, we, we, we as humans have to respect each other's uh, um, wishes. Yeah, advances. Are, each other's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally, I totally get you because, I mean, had he um you know he could even went the restraining order being like hey man you know this isn't cool you know we can't be friends you know you gotta stay away or someone get a restraining order um because that could be uncomfortable i think we've all been there whether it's the same sex or opposite sex where somebody you know that you're not comfortable with has pursued you in an uncomfortable way and you want it to stop and and it doesn't you know whether it's gay or straight i mean i think we've all been there um great yeah so i mean like but we never have you know 99.9 percent of us don't say okay well the gun's gonna end this the only way that (laughs) the only way that usually would happen in my ways if it's gonna be one of those fatal attraction things or breaking in the house trying to kill me or who i'm with you know then that's the only way i would take up arms but yeah um yeah i mean you feel for scott's family and, and, and you feel for him um but uh you know you you can't sit there and be like, well, I'm Team Jonathan, you know. He, he oh no, not at all. Yeah, he went over the edge. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying you know. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I felt the same way. I mean, it, it would be crazy to be, um, you know, throwing a curveball like that on live television. You know, you're exploited. You know, you didn't know yeah. why you were there in the first place. Yeah. So, Scott got, um, you know, obviously he, you know, he got murdered, and Jonathan got 25 years to life, over. Dang. And Scott's family decided to sue um, for damages, the exploitation. So they took the Jonathan route. They said, well, you know, they exploited my son's gay tendencies or the fact that he was in love with Jonathan. And, you know, because he went on the show, that's what happened. They were trying to prove that the murder was because of the show. So, you know, they I mean, like I said, I kind of. I can understand why they're going that route. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can prove it, but I, I get it. I get it. Yep. So because of this, a lot of, you know, her show changed after this. And because of that murder, um, sh- the show would only go on for a few more years uh, before Jenny Jones would retire or they would cancel her show. But um, no wonder. Yeah. And Scott's family, um, after two years uh, of you know, because it took a year or two for for things to get settled in his court case, and for him to get sentenced, and then they went for they went to uh, court, um, filed some motions, and finally, um, after two more years of litigation and everything, 1999, the family would be awarded 29 million dollars, which would be the equivalent of 60 million dollars today. Whew. However, however. The Supreme Court, thanks to uh, very good lawyers for the Jenny Jones show, and I forget which production company owned them at the time. I'm not, I'm not sure which one owned the Jenny Jones show at the time, but whatever one, they had really good lawyers. They took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and because they took it to the Supreme Court and they got it overturned, Scott's family did not see a dime of that $29 million. Dang. Yep. So that sucks. They didn't what? Yeah, they didn't get nothing out of that. They got they they should have got something. Come on. They sh- yeah, they should have got at least half of that. Easily, easily. Even well, if it was a half, mm-hmm. five, something, a million, two million, they should have got something. Exactly. So, with that being said, um, Scott was uh, Scott. You know, his family was left high and dry, 
and uh, Jonathan continued to do his time. And in 2017, after thir- serving 32 years behind bars, he was paroled. And he, what? Yeah, he's he's on the streets today uh, under probably a new name. I don't think he's under his assumed name because no one seems to know where he's at right now because he's pretty much kept his nose clean. Oh, so he's off the grid. Yeah, he's off the grid. Yep. Witness protection. Yes, sir. So Jonathan Schmidt, that's our first uh, story of uh, yeah of reality of a talk show television murder right there and that's crazy i i, I not that i watched jim jones but i you know i've seen an episode or two i know who she is hmm. i never knew that yeah that's i mean you can look up the story uh, i mean they have little short videos on it but um, i'm looking at it right now even inside edition has a little story on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's crazy so now we jump from talk show to our second case on today's show and that'll move us to uh the reality genre so so reality television since mtv broke out with it with a uh, real world just blossomed and exploded into all kinds of television networks that just show reality shows and you know this is um this has to do with the tv show wife swap i remember that tv show Yes, and uh, it's nothing you porn. So I mean, a lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not porn. It's a lot not of people porn at all. <laughs> yeah, when people had to scroll through their cable before the the, the cutting of the cord days, cutting cable days, <laughs> and you see, oh shit, wife swap. You know, <laughs> let me watch a porn. Let me watch a porn quick. Yeah, they, were, they, they turn it on and like, yeah, there's no action. <laughs> yeah, they were disappointed severely, man. They were like, what? From the intro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Wives Swap started in Britain in uh, 2003, and uh, the U.S. Um, version of ABC television bought it. And uh, in 2004, it ran from 2004 to 2010, and then they had a celebrity edition from 2012 to 2014, which, if you get a chance to watch some of those, those are very entertaining. The one with really? Gary, the one with Gary Busey, the actor. He's so freaking. He's in it. Yeah, he's. Oh in yeah, it. I seen that one. Yeah, he's so. Dude, weird. it's so cringy. Yeah, it is very cringy. Very cringe. His teeth. <laughs> oh my god, his teeth are as big as my hands. I mean, they're just they're. You're they're not enormous. lying. <laughs> they're enormous. <laughs> Although I like them in Rookie of the Year. Yeah, but he's a creepy guy, man. Some of the stuff he says, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Facts. Mm-hmm. So uh, now the premise of the show, if you're not familiar with it, whether it's from Britain or from America, um, has nothing to do with sexual stuff and it has nothing to do with trading partners as mm-hmm. far as relationship stuff. It's nothing to do with that. Pretty much all it has to do with is if a family is extremely religious and very conservative, they take the mother from that family and they switch it with a family that's very liberal and just progressive and you know lets their kids do whatever the hell they want they usually get you know a mother and a father that've been together for a while raising a uh-huh. family or of two or more kids whether they're teenagers or they're young you know they're young kids babies or whatever and they just try to have these mothers come in there and for the first week the mother that comes into the new home has to follow the rules so if they were pro- progressive and liberal they have to come into a deeply religious home and follow the conservative ways, study the Bible, do everything that the previous wife that was there that's in her spot 
road out for her and then she has to do everything from cleaning to cooking whatever she says she has to do so they have to follow it by a book but then the, the roles are reversed and the second week comes around and whatever ways that the mother has you know found out that you know hey you know this kid needs this or needs that needs to watch more tv or whatever they start putting in new rules and then the family has to react to that so it makes for some compelling television basically and makes yeah that makes sense and i used to watch it a lot so it works it works you know on so many different ways you watched it a lot bro i was hooked on that show for a while ah! it's, a, it's a guilty pleasure man i mean remember how it was when we used to have our radio show how um what do you call it uh you guys used to make fun of me for watching dawson's creek hey. <laughs> how the intro I don't want to wait. Yeah. <laughs> For our lives to be over. For our to be over. That's, as soon as I heard that, I don't want to, I'm gone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're all change. Change. But, uh, but no, um, those are guilty pleasures of my man. Like for whatever reason, you know, like, like I, I kept that stuff. See, I can say it now that I'm older, but back yeah. in the day, man, I get myself, I get myself. Hey, I ain't judging. I'm not judging. I get my ass kicked even by you. You'd be like, "Come here, come here, Tom. Let me talk some sense. <laughs> Let me talk some sense. Why are you watching this show? Yeah, what's wrong with you, man?" <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about the Scottsdale family in this one. Scottsdale, the Scottsdale family. Yes, and as you like, I got into the religious stuff. The family was deeply religious, and the father of uh, was the name. Uh, his name was uh, Tim. Uh, he had a big family. Uh, he had four sons. Who. Ooh joined him in a bluegrass religious band so they were gospel and bluegrass so it's who you think man it's suspenders with blue jeans white shirts uh big old cowboy hats um and they're just playing banjo music and, and violins and stuff like the that Beverly hillbillies yeah and they're singing singing church bluegrass comedy kind of stuff it's <laughs> it's weird right. man so Dang. Yeah, so these uh, these kids were highly educated um, kids. Uh, their mom home, homeschooled them. Um, they played at a lot of events, rodeos, uh, carnivals, some uh, gospel theaters, bluegrass uh, theaters, and uh, all seemed good. Um, you know, the family was trucking along, and they had talent scouts out for ABC looking for a family just like this one. And... Um, Four years into the show, in season four in 2008, the wife swap people from ABC heard about this bluegrass band, and they approached them. And uh, you know, Tim had the father, um, you know, had moved them out of the city years ago, so that they could be in the middle of nowhere in Ohio, which was Stark Starkdale County, Ohio. They purchased a farm, and to help them get going with their farm, because they've been out there only about a year or two, but to pay off some bills, they took the money from from wife swap to film the show mm. so you had the father tim who was 48 the mother 44 uh kathy the son 19 at the time calvin 16 year old charles 15 year old jacob and 11 year old james 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 <laughs> <laughs> so so in 2008 they started uh filming you know their their tv show and um when you see the tv show um, the kids are again homeschooled. They're not allowed any friends, um, so they did a lot of ch uh, farming and chores around the farm. Um, they did a hell of a lot of Bible reading. 
they played several instruments each. They practiced on those. There was no TV, no video games. Um, and because that's already boring, man. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You already <laughs> tapped out, <laughs> bro. I'm out. <laughs> and Kathy, Kathy would um, she would say that uh, playing video games would lead you to hell to where you would burn in eternity. So, yes. Hey, man. <laughs> Send me back with the receipt. I'm gone. <laughs> yes. These these kids, if you watch Fresh Prince, uh, they were Carlton to the extreme. I mean, but just, but just super white. Super white. It's not unusual. <laughs> yeah. I don't, no, they didn't know Tom Jones. That was the devil. That, oh, yeah, you're right. Tom Jones would have been a sin to them. Oh yeah, Tom Jones. Nah, you can't listen to him. Oh my God! Yeah, send me back. I was, He's as gangster as Tupac, bro. Chills and fever. <laughs> yeah, she's probably like, do you know that those women used to throw underwear at Tom Jones when he sang? Yeah, God dang right. That's a bad man. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the kids are probably like, what's women's underwear? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I have no idea what that is. Dang. So these kids had no life skills. They had no street skills. Um, they were forbidden to date. So not just you can't date till you're 18. They were forbidden to date. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. What religion were they? Not to be sh- shun- uh, shunning anyone's religion, but do they say what religion they were? They were Christian. I thought they were mm-hmm. Mormon at first, but they were Christian. Um, oh, okay. But uh, they were into gospel and the bluegrass and all that other stuff. So they were like a country. Now, oh, okay. now check this you know if you're late to dinner or breakfast or whatever it's like okay the worst you get is hey your food's getting cold or hey I'm gonna, mm-hmm. throw, I'm gonna throw it away if you don't get down get your butt down here right oh yeah so for whatever reason she had a time limit if you weren't down for supper or breakfast lunch or whatever within four minutes and four minutes is a weird time but four minutes late <laughs> you were charged 25 cents and 25 cents after every additional minute <laughs> what yeah. this ain't no collect call what the heck <laughs> it sounds like one of those sex lines huh <clears throat> the first four minutes are free and first then... four minutes is free after that 25 cents a minute you better hurry up it's 3.99 a minute more like that Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> i bet you they couldn't stay up like uh, at late watching commercials after 12 a.m back then you oh, knew yeah. what happened after 12 a.m no commercials Oh, absolutely, man. But see, they didn't even have a chance to probably watch TV. So. <laughs> and and here's what they did with it, dude. So so not only were they charged if they were late, the boys would earn tokens. <laughs> like Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Like Chuck E. Cheese tokens? <laughs> yeah. <Bruh. laughs> for, for chores and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and, you know, working around the, the farm or whatever, they were... <laughs> tokens? Yeah, tokens, bro. What am I doing with that? Watch clothes? Like, come on. <laughs> you were able to cash those in to watch uh, family approved, most likely <laughs> Disney when Disney wasn't all crazy. Yes. But to watch to watch uh, wholesome television shows or maybe even Bible television shows. <laughs> you got to watch twenty to thirty minutes of that. Look, even we didn't have it that bad. <laughs> Bro, not even close, man. This is this is hardcore. Yeah, these these I mean, I'm telling you them it was mostly led by Kathy the mother, but the father just was he enforced everything. Okay, and you said their son or one they had a son that's 19? 
Yeah, they had a son that was 19 at this time he, in 2008. He went through all that, all them years. This guy is as virgin as virgin can be, man. I mean, if, if, if you want to see a poster he chopper. He is the virgin island. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see a poster chopper for virgin, just stamp it on his forehead, dude. I hey, am virgin. I, 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 hey, man, I'm not mad at them. I'm not knocking anyone's belief, not knocking anyone's style. I just couldn't do it. Oh, heck no, I couldn't do it. No. Bro. They weren't allowed even to, when they were playing shows to talk to women. The parents, right. the parents kept girls and women away from them. So, yeah. Man, <sighs> I feel for, I, 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 I couldn't do it. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah. And so the boys had no friends, obviously. Uh, so uh, the only <laughs> friends were like stuffed animals and you know, themselves <laughs> if they could tolerate each other. <laughs> Plushy dolls. I don't oh know. my god! Um, plushy dolls of Jesus, probably. They had a Jesus oh, was their friend. It was definitely <laughs> like they had bumper stickers. <laughs> yeah, or the goat in the backyard was like, "Hey, he's my friend." You know? God. Yeah. So they were sheltered beyond belief, and ABC executives and talent scouts were like, "Oh my god, this show's going to be gold." And, <laughs> So they were they were happy to see it. So they wife swapped them with a atheist family. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! No, you got, <laughs> bro. That episode lasted two minutes. I, I tell, I'm telling you now. <laughs> no, it went the whole distance, man. Go away. Yeah, the the the, the, the Tompkins were an atheist family. <laughs> Who liked the father was like a hippie, a former hippie, and they and they uh, talked about uh, peace and love. Didn't didn't believe in God. They uh, their their son was in a metal band. (laughs) What? Yeah, they they went they went completely opposite, dude. What? Yeah. (laughs) So the Tompkins. Oh man. The Tompkins mother had to go, and uh, had to you know follow the rules on the farm and she was struggling because you know this is not her way of life she had to pick up a bible for the first time in decades man (laughs) and she had to (laughs) she had to do farm work she had to take care of the the kids and make sure they read their bible give them tokens (laughs) (laughs) i guarantee you one of them kids name was zebediah i I promise (laughs) so check this out so when it was her week to then instill the rules, like the family was cool with her trying their hardest and she was struggling, but she's like, okay, I got to make it through this week so that I can instill my rules. It was, and it's look, it's not fair. If you've, you've seen her struggle all week and you know, she's had to put up with your crap. It's time for you to put up with her crap for a week, you know, <clears throat> turn around's fair play. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when it was her time to give the to to allow to push her views on their family, all the kids rebelled. They didn't want to listen. They didn't want to do the things. They pretty much shut the door. Were reading the Bible. Really didn't get too close with her. They bended a little bit, but I'm talking about tiny bit, not even that Ooh. much. Where she asked Jacob on the episode. Hey, do you want to play some video games? And she pulled out the video games that her son had and 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 set it up on the TV for him and said, You should play the video games. Do you know what Jacob did? Uh took out a Bible and read it. I don't know. 
No, he ran outside, <clears throat> started to cry, and she followed him, and he started rocking back and forth and said, I'm going to die in hell. I'm going to die in hell if I play those video games. I can't play those video games. I have to stay outside if you have those inside. That's going to kill... That's going to uh, bring spirits into the house. He was what? flipping out. He was flipping out. Wow. Yep. He had a meltdown. Yep. He had a meltdown wow. right there in there. <laughs> I can't blame him. But I really can't blame him. It's not his fault. Yeah, exactly. And, and he was... Look, <clears throat> they were trying to get them to loosen up. Or she was trying to get them to loosen up. And they just wouldn't do it. She went to one of their shows. And there was a bit of, like, you know, camaraderie. Like, they began to see what she was trying to instill in them by the end of the week. But it wasn't that much. By the time the two weeks are up, they have the both couples, you know, that had switched riding limos back to each other to a meeting place. The husbands run and meet their wives that they haven't seen in two weeks, give them hugs. <clears throat> and then the two families sit down and they usually give suggestions on what they can do to what or what they enjoyed in the experience, what they didn't like and what they can suggest that they're that the other family can do to better themselves whether they decide to do that or not is up to the families so most times when i used to watch a show it would better the family that was too strict or that was too loose then they would instill mm -hmm. some of the mother's stuff and the families would would benefit from it you know but this time nah scottsdale's didn't change for crap <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah they, <clears throat> they 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 went about their um uh, their strict ways. So wow. that was in 2008. So nearly 10 years later, the update is this Charles and Calvin have been gone for two years by the time of 2017. Okay. Charles was the 19 year old. He's now 25 years old or no, no. Uh, he was now uh 27. You said 10 years. That's 29, right? Yeah, it's 27 or 28. I'm sorry, 28 okay. years, 28 years old. And he's teaching in Michigan. Um, also, uh, let's see, uh, Calvin is uh, studying to become a doctor. Uh, Jacob is 25 years old, and he is in college in his final year. Okay. And uh, the youngest one, James, was 21. James? Yeah, and he was the only one still at home. And he was performing shows with a family. Now, again, the, the, the boys had left the band because they're all in college or all studying to be something better. And uh, <clears throat> But Tim has still kept James in the band. He learned a couple of their instruments, so they're switching off. And then he has a family friend. So it's the trio, and they're keeping the family, the Scottsdale family band alive. And they're still pretty popular. And they're sold out for the summer. So they're pretty oh, wow. popular. Yeah, they're pretty popular. They're sold out at that time or currently? At that time. At that time. Oh, okay. So, however, um, June 15th, 2017. There's uh, a date. Yeah. We got a date. We sure do. <clears throat> um, there was a call that came into the Ohio 911 center and uh, Starkdale center, and the operator asked, what's your emergency? The phone hang up. The phone hung up right away. Mm. Um, so... You know, obviously, when something like that happens, the the nine one one calls back. Nobody answered, mm -hmm. so the operator dispatched a couple units to go out to the farm because they traced it to the farm. 
Um, so as they were approaching the farm, there was a couple neighbors that were down the street. You know, it's a rural area. You know, it was about a couple hundred yards before the next house. And they said, hey, uh, they flagged down the police car that was headed that way. And they said that we heard several gunshots from the Scottsdale farm. You might want to check that out. So right away, the, the officer, the two officers that were in the car <clears throat> radioed in and said, hey, we have gunshots. You know, bring we're calling for backup. So now they're racing up to the farm. Uh, so as they race up to the farm, it's eerily quiet, and they start announcing themselves, and they're like, "Hey, this is the the uh, Scottsdale uh, Starksdale Police Department. Open up!" And uh, the door opens up a little bit, and they look down uh, the uh, hallway of the uh, front door, mm-hmm. and they see on the floor a 54 year old Kathy, the mother with mm. several shotgun blasts to her face and body. Dang. Her face is obliterated. Her, her That's brain, what I'm going to say. Her face is gone. Yeah, her face is... There's brains on the floor. Let's just say that. <clears throat> um, yeah. Um, then they hear a gunshot. And they race inside down the hallway. And all of a sudden they find a 25-year-old uh, Jacob. And he's blood's gushing out of his face. Um, he's still semi-conscious, so they start to work on him. A couple officers come to clear the rest of the house, and they find 21-year-old James upstairs shot nearly a dozen times uh, with a shotgun. What? Yeah, he's he's dead in his room. So he's only 21 years old at this time. Um, so the family's notified, you know, uh, Tim is at work and he drives over there and, um, they're saying it's a murder suicide, you know, double, double homicide, you know, murder suicide is Jacob's the shooter. And, uh, you know, right away, you know, Jacob's fighting for his life. He's in the hospital. Uh, with with a gunshot wound to the head because he literally put the gunshot or the the, the shotgun under his the left side of his chin mm-hmm. and just pulled the trigger so it went through his chin out the top of his head. Oof. Yeah. Jacob lived. What? Jacob lived. Yeah. <clears throat> he took uh, over a year in uh, in the hospital and uh, the moment he was discharged he was arrested. In uh, early 2018, um, if you look at his face, I'm sure you've seen shotgun, you know, shotgun blasts that people have taken and somehow survived. How it just mangles their face completely, mm-hmm. and uh, you've also seen gunshot wounds to the face, and it'll leave a pretty good dent, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, depending where it's shot. But Scott's face, bro, for a shot. Let me guess. It's clear. It's clean as a whistle. No, it's not clean as a whistle, but it looks really good for being shot point blank with a shotgun and basically blowing off half your face. You know, he lost his left eye, obviously, but his cheekbone is crooked. Um, His head's tilted a little bit to the left, but uh, for sustaining all that damage, I'm pretty shocked to see his face is, you know, pretty normal compared to other people I've seen. Like, you're not going to take a double take every time he walks down the street. So, um, with his losing his left eye 
he had several metal fragments that they weren't able to extract from his skull or from his brain that mm-hmm. stayed there. They had to reconstruct his skull, too, because he had a massive hole in it. Um, but somehow he made it. and uh, But he did suffer some brain damage, but not stuff that's like... Well, stuff that his lawyers would try to exploit later, saying that he was mentally incompetent. Um, but he wasn't because uh, he was sent to a psych ward at first <clears throat> after he was arrested and he attempted to break out several times. Wow. <clears throat> Including someone who didn't watch many movies, you know, he uh, tried to escape out of a laundry at a, at the, at the prison. <laughs> On one of those carts, you know, the little cart things. <laughs> they like, put me in the cart, man. Put me in a cart. Cover me with clothes. Exactly, <laughs> and then he's like, "Read Psalms eighty-three, eighteen. I'm a good one. He's like, "God bless you, my son. God bless goes, you, my son. God bless you. Now take me out of here." <laughs> yeah, that's no joke on religion. I'm just saying, you know, he's probably that twisted in the head, but oh, uh, he probably forgot all his religion after that shotgun blast. Probably. I mean, it would be hard pressed for him to be, you know, picking Man. up a Bible, but. You know, you've seen serial killers murder like thirty people and be like, "Oh, I'm I'm changed, man. I'm good. I'm good with the Lord." It's like, are you sure about that? Are you sure, brother? Are you sure? I don't think that book could save you, bruh. Bruh. <laughs> My thing is, how did he take a point blank shot to the, under the chin, straight and exit it out his head with a shotgun blast? That is crazy. Yeah, I, I don't understand that, man. I really don't. I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, you probably just count as soon as you click that, you know, the chamber or the, uh, the gun, the pulling the trigger, you're pretty much thinking it's over, right? You're, you're not intending yeah. to live. Jeez. I mean, hey, it must have didn't penetrate a certain spot of the brain or it didn't hit a brain or something. Well, it hit his brain. It just it went through the. Yeah, I went through it. <clears throat> it wasn't like the buckshot. The buckshot would have destroyed his head. It probably would have like exploded the top of his head. Yeah. But, but no, he survived it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, maybe some people have said, you know, he suffered severe pain, uh, migraines for a long, long, long time, even after the surgeries and stuff. Mm. So maybe it was a payback, you know, like he didn't have an easy out. Mm. So, but despite this, despite this, bro. But what if one of your sons or daughters or whatever killed your wife? I mean, would you forgive him? Oh, I wouldn't, bro. I'm sorry. I wouldn't. Yeah. He'd probably be dead to you, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't. Not good old Tim. He wrote a song and said, I forgive my son. What? He's like, boy, I tell you, that guy shot my that little son of a gun, shot my wife. And you know what? Uh, I'm telling you. He's not a bad kid. Should let him out. I get it though. You know, being that they're deep into religion, you know, you're 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 taught to forgive one another, which is something we were taught. But I'm sorry. I just I can forgive you, but I ain't writing no song for you. Heck no. Mm-mm. Yeah. I, mean, I, nope. I think it's uh you're not I'm not making fun of the father in the way, but just like the fact that you can be so forthcoming and forgive him. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, that was, that was your wife of 32 years, you know. 
Um, so yeah. that's pretty tough. I mean, he pretty much knew her. That was his first love, everything else like that. His sons, you know, pretty much forgave him too for killing their brother, for killing their mother. And they all advocated for him not to get the death penalty because at first the state of uh, uh, Ohio was pushing for the death penalty. Um, but uh, he avoided uh, the death penalty uh, by taking the plea, avoiding a long trial. And, uh, you know, they were able to work out a deal. And, uh, well, he got uh, he, he got 15 years. 15 per, years? Well, per death. So oh. yeah, yeah, so it was 30 years plus, I think they threw on another five years for, um, what is it, trying to escape a few times and stuff like that. And uh, he, he's tried to uh, escape that prison over there, too. So <clears throat> he's been trying to get out. Um, wow. But yeah, he's most likely going to, you know, serve the rest of his life in jail. If he keeps trying to do stuff like that, he's not going to be, um, you know, released anytime soon. Um, and then I want to play this bit of audio real quick. This is from the Tompkins mother, the mother that was, um, that, uh, took over the, uh, the family, the Scottsdale family. She came over there and this is what she had to say about Jacob. I switched the rules and I was going to let them have fun, have a television and video games and, you know, experience life a little bit. Um, he ran outside crying. And when I went out after him, I asked him what was wrong. And he said that his mom and dad, you know, tell him that basically he would burn in hell. He lived in a very controlled environment um, where his mom and dad taught him or told him what to do. Um, really wasn't allowed to do anything um, besides what they wanted. He got up, he worked, he worked, he worked, he, you know, um, I guess homeschooled them, wouldn't let them go out amongst the society. Um, you know, they're very religious um, and they are a very, very talented family. Um, but, you know, God says, gives you free will okay free will they didn't have um they weren't allowed to make choices uh, and that's the problem <clears throat> free will is only free if you're able to do so and make your own decisions mm -hmm. you got other people making it for you three out of those four kids it worked for them you know that structure was good for them jacob was built different and he lashed out that's the yeah. overwhelming feeling yeah i mean I guess, uh, you know, not, not, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you, you've been controlled pretty much your whole life and you had no, no say, no life, no social life, no nothing. Your parents pretty much restricted everything from you. Now that you're an adult, you know, he probably just lashed out. She probably was trying to tell him something what to do. And he just was like, man, I'm a grown man. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But he snapped. I know that. And that's the thing, bro. <clears throat> Everything you brought up too right now could could have been the reason why why it happened. But to this day, he's never spoken on it. And the only other two people that would know anything are both deceased, and only God knows what happened that day up at that farm and what led him to do it. Because again, he was in college, but he came home one day to visit. And finding his mom and younger brother there 
and whatever happened happened while Tim was at work, the father, and nobody else was there on the farm to witness it. Dang. So, uh, yeah, it's a tragic story, um, and <clears throat> who knows? Um, maybe, I feel for the kid, though. I, yeah, I, I mean, do. I feel for the kid. I mean, well, yeah. The, yeah, not the kid, but them as kids, I feel for them. Yeah, for what they had to go through. because for what they had to go through. Yeah, because you never know. I mean, that was nine, almost ten years later. You know, he's in college. People have the internet. And uh, they could have known that, hey, uh, Jacob over there was on the was on the show. We don't know if he was made fun of, you know, for because, I mean, those kids didn't look like the most toughest kids in the world, <laughs> the way they were raised. <laughs> You'd be nice, Todd. I'm just saying they wouldn't last three minutes in a public <laughs> school. That's all I'm saying, dude. You'd be nice, man. Don't be so disrespectful, man. <laughs> they would be peeing themselves left. Don't be right so here. disrespectful. <laughs> so I mean, they probably did. He he might have heard some flack, man, and just it, you couldn't take it anymore, man. Um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much everyone's assumption of what happened. So, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, both stories that you did today, they they have a you know a tragic ending but it has to do with mental you know mental health really mm-hmm. the first guy he didn't want to be scrutinized and be probably made fun of on national television and had the persona of him being homosexual and then this guy uh, the next guy um was it jacob yeah jacob was, was raised in a strict 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 religious environment and nothing against anyone's religion at all you know me and you and my gabby we we have our religion but nothing against it um but man to be so restricted like that that that's that's tough yeah it is i mean i mean you can see like um when you restrict anything anybody whether it's the stuff that's going on in the um, Indian countries, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're tired of the ways, the old ways, you know, they want to be more westernized or um, you have lockdowns like in China still while the rest of the world is doing their thing. You know, um, it's hard to be told what to do and to have your free will taken away from you. And, um, uh, you know, especially in a smaller environment like uh, like in a house or a farm, and you're that secluded, man. I mean, who knows, man? What kind of things were creeping through his head? It could have been something he wanted to do a long time ago. What if the other brothers were there? You know, and the father? Maybe he takes the entire family out. You know, we've we've seen this. You know, all too often, unfortunately, um, with some of the stuff we posted on our page, some of the stuff that's happened here and around the world. Um, people get fed up for whatever reason they hit their limit instead of just taking themselves out they put it upon themselves to unfortunately take out innocent people with them and uh so this is uh this case was sad in that way and like you said with uh jonathan and scott it was just something where who knows maybe if scott doesn't push the the envelope literally with that letter uh, Jonathan's able to laugh it off. They both watch the episode together, and if he can keep his emotions and feelings to himself, they could have the same friendship they had prior. And he, you know, Jonathan wouldn't give two, you know, what's about Scott being gay, 
and mm-hmm. they they could still be living, you know, or Scott mm-hmm. could still be living. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Absolutely. Jonathan made that choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, lesson learned in both stories. You know, don't be persistent if someone tells you no. And, and it goes either way, whether you're homosexual or heterosexual, it doesn't matter. Uh, if someone doesn't like you or doesn't view you in that way or whatever it may be, just accept it and move on. Don't be persistent. If they told you no or they respectfully told you, hey, this is not how I view things or it's not something I like, hey, you got to respect it. Yeah, I mean, there's always uh, more fish in the sea. Uh, exactly. As they say, there's farmersonly.com. <laughs> you know what, man? <laughs> you're so you're so disrespectful. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's options, my man. That's all. By I'm the saying. way, I haven't seen that commercial in a long time. <laughs> well, I know. I wonder if that website's still going. I'm fine. I'd probably not. <laughs> like, yeah, I want a big old white woman on a tractor. Bro, they used to <laughs> sell. We they sold that commercial in South Central. We ain't got no farms over here. <laughs> Come on, bro. Farmersonly.com. Where? <laughs> there is no tractors in there South is South no South tractors here. in South Central LA. Come on now. <laughs> you gotta go up north. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on now. I, I swear to God, if anybody from LA signed up for that website, I I I'm, I would be shocked. <laughs> yeah, I would be shocked as well. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to farmers or anything. I'm just saying we don't have farms in LA. Yeah, so. talk about barking up the wrong tree, man. They ain't exactly. Have- that's for sure. Exactly. And then for the other lesson for um, well, Jacob, you know, and that family, you know, it, man, being restricted is not cool, man. I, I don't think it's good at all. You know, like like the lady said, we are all have free will. And, you know, once you get a certain age, hey, some things just might not be for you anymore. Yeah, people have to live. And, and I'll say one thing. Um, they do have, <clears throat> like, for years that the Amish would just, you know, not let their people leave their communities mm-hmm. until people did break out or run away, but they were mm-hmm. excommunicated. But to their credit, I will say that I've learned over the years that they've loosened up a bit to where they let their teenagers, or at least when they hit a, I don't know what age it is, so if someone wants to correct me, go for it. I, I don't mind being wrong. I've been corrected a bunch of times. <laughs> Are you sure about that, Todd? Just check out our YouTube page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Got some real strict mofos on we there. We got some real, really strict, passionate people. It wasn't that police department. It was a police department <laughs> down the street. I'm sorry. Damn. My bad, man. God, I, got, got, I got like 380 <laughs> other facts right. I just missed on two. Calm your ass down. Hey, man, you got to be perfect, bro. You gotta be perfect. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I miss on a couple of small details, and everyone's freaking the hell out. Shoe size, everything, man. You gotta get, <laughs> you gotta like, get into the teeth. I'm like, damn, you YouTubers are are hardcore, man. Damn. Hey, we we open up a we open up a new page, and they gonna let us have it. I know. I thought I thought that was a good thing. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want it now. <laughs> um. Well, no, criticism is awesome. But my, my point is, <laughs> my point is the Mormons, I think they, they have a thing where it's, they even had a show on it. It, it might have been Breaking Amish or something like that to where they, they allow their teenagers to make their choice. Like, like you've come of age. Do you want this? Yeah. And they encourage them to go into the city. 
whether it's New York, whether it's Chicago, experience mm. that. You know, if yeah. if you want to live that that life, then go ahead. But just know you can't come back. But if you're if, if some some of them will be just you know detested. They don't like it, and they come right back to the farm. And they're like, oh, those are heathens out there, you know. And to each their own, man. If that's the way that, at least they give them a chance and choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these these parents were like, hell no, you ain't going to. No. <laughs> they were lucky to go to college. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the oldest ones were still virgins at the time. I mean, <laughs> just saying. Probably had. Wouldn't no surprise me. Yeah, they're probably the best doctors in town, but they were like, you know, <laughs> ew, that, is that what they call a vagina? I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> You're a doctor. You should know these things. I've never seen one in person. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. That's two life lessons. Two, two lessons. Two stories that can teach you life lessons. What I was trying to say. Sorry. There you go. There we're still go. we're still a little bit rusty, as you can hear. We've, we've been yeah, as you can <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> yeah, man, we're gonna ramp up these episodes, but dude, like it's just been every time we want to get started. You know, like I got sick and I had no voice. I still can't do my imitations. My voice is still not back, dude. Um, it sounds better. Yeah, it's better, but like I'm like I got something in my throat. Pause, and then. Whoa. <laughs> I, I can't do any imitations and then freaking uh you know gabby with her her vertigo man i feel for her yeah, so, yeah. if we're rolling uh, on a trend then you're next matt you're gonna get some hey, man, don't jinx me bro <laughs> i rarely ever get sick okay i i swear to god if i wake up with a sore throat bro uh, I'm, coming, <laughs> I'm coming for you whoa <laughs> hey now hey now <laughs> <laughs> oh man See this, hey, real quick before we go, man. This reminds me of when we did our talk show, dude. Like, our, I miss our radio show. We actually had a really good internet radio show. We did, we did. We got to get back to that, dude. I mean, we had it. We had our uh, what do you call it? Just our what was it called? We we, we called the it grinds. Something. Yeah, well, it was called the grinds. But I mean, we it had grind my gears. No, no, no. Um, it was like a variety show, man. Like, so whatever was, oh, in the, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever topics were in the news, I mean, we just hit it and hit it hard, like we did, and. And uh, it Whoa. was fun. <laughs> it was fun, man. I it was fun. It yeah. was fun. I do we we no? I think we deleted that page, right? Yeah, I don't think we have any of that stuff. Yeah, left. I was gonna mention like if you guys wanted to see our previous podcast when me and Todd first started, you can type in the grinds. But I think I believe one hundred percent. I'm positive we deleted it. Yeah, I think it's gone. But like when we were on the radio for a while, I mean that was fun. We, it had was. People, we had people listening from all over, and that was great. I mean that was it was that was a trip, man. I mean that it that was came, much fun. It was much fun. That came very fast. That's what she said. That's what um, she said. <laughs> you have a problem if that's <laughs> what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> it's over already. What? Wait a minute. That that we don't say that no more, sir. <laughs> Well, I started it, but someone <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Good times. Good times, man. What? Six, seven years strong, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Once again, you guys, I wish you got me a speedy recovery. Um, she, 
I know she she texted me while we're recording, and uh, she said hopefully if she's feeling better she she'll do her story. She has a story. She was actually supposed to be doing her story this week, but um, <clears throat> because of that, um, Todd filled in, and then uh, next week I'll be doing my story, and then hopefully this Sunday, uh, Gabby will do her story. So we're gonna try to rotate it out, you know, that way we're all even, Steven, and then Todd can get a break. <laughs> yeah. Because he's he's been carrying the team like like LeBron in, in 2016. <laughs> Shit, jeez, my back's hurting, man. My back's hurting. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we, we got a problem. We're gonna even it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some shows that we're all gonna be switching off narrating. Because I was telling him like, man, if you if we don't have anything ready by the weekend, I got one more. Because I write these out in advance, and uh, yeah, it's just. We have a bunch of ones have been, and if you have any stories you want to do, like we've been adding those to our um, our list too, because we've been Absolutely. taking those as listener requests. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, if you have one of, that you want us to touch on, or specifically if you want Matt to Whoa. do one, Gabby to do one, me to do one, just hit us up. Yes, absolutely. I think the story Gabby is doing, uh, a fan recommended, and mm-hmm. they actually told Gabby they they wanted her to do this one, and she actually took it on. So, uh, yeah, we do listen to requests. We do follow up on the requests. We're just so busy sometimes. We just don't have time to reply or get back to it. But we do we do see the comments, and we do try our best to get uh, everyone's request in. So thank you so much for all the requests you guys do. There you go. Yes, sir. And so we're going to turn it off, and we're going to take it out of here. And this might be the end of the show. I think so. <laughs> I wish I could respond with a voice, but I just. <laughs> you got to do the hillbilly, bro. Um, that one's very crackly, but. Uh, okay, I could think I could do one like this. See, it's all copy. You just, you just got to relax your voice a little bit, man. You just got to relax your voice. I think I'll do it like Letty or Stewie. You know? Oh, man. Do Stewie. Do Stewie. I'll, I'll get to talk to Brian. Brian's going to make this all better. Hey, Stewie. <laughs> that's nasty <laughs> oh Cleveland hey how'd you know I was Cleveland oh the only black guy in the studio you want to ask me who's the, who's Cleveland hey man that's not cool <laughs> I didn't know I was black a white guy does my voice <laughs> hey, that's fact true. true that's fact that's true <laughs> Oh, we're just having a little fun right no now. Bad, no bad. We're all <laughs> off uh, Once again, wish uh, Gabby a speedy recovery. And uh, that's the end of the show, you guys. And we're going to sign you guys off. But before we do, we'll uh, briefly let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crimes. Please be extra find- critical over there on YouTube. Because that's, that's, that's the trend. <laughs> that's trending over there. Todd, you can crush like candy. <laughs> I know, man. Like, <laughs> God damn it. It's all good, though. Uh, but yeah, you can leave a pay, uh, leave a comment. Um, you can subscribe to us, or you can just like our page. That's, that works out well, too. Uh, and also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., 
all of you guys can listen to us on Radio, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Shout out to Sherry and all those who leave us a comment on uh, Podbean and Anchor and all the uh, platforms that we use that people leave comments on. We thank you so much. With that being said, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just said yes. Yes. With that all being said, this has been your host, Maddie Mad, along with Todd Fox. And we are signing off. Toodles. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for toodles. Yeah, I'll come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>